the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show.
And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour, David Shapiro, is Education Director of the Center for Philosophy for Children, an organization that brings philosophy and philosophers into schools and community centers throughout the Puget Sound area. He teamed up with uh, co-author Richard Leader, who is the... Leiter. Leiter. Thank you for the correction there, No problem. Uh, Founder and chairman of InVenture, the Purpose Company, a coaching and consulting firm. And they uh, together wrote the best-selling book, um, Repacking Your Bags, where they defined the good life as living in the place you belong with people you love, doing the right work on purpose. Their new book builds on that definition to offer a purposeful path for living well while aging well. And it's called, Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Old? And uh, joining me uh, by phone is uh, one of those co-authors, you heard him a moment ago, uh, Dave Shapiro. Dave, welcome to the show. Great, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm really delighted to be here. You know, I want to start out, I was thinking before, uh, before we went on the air, that when I was a kid, it seemed like every adult I met asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right, exactly. And yeah, now the question is flipped. It's, who do you want to be when you grow old? And is there a point in life when you switch from what you want to be to who you want to be, or should everybody switch to who? I think everyone should switch. It's something that happens naturally. Um, we make the point in the book, and it's just a small point, that there's really two halves of life. You have the young half and the old half. Um, and as you move into that old half of life, the question becomes not so much of the what, the container, but rather the who. Who is this person you always meant to be? And later life provides unique opportunities for us to, uh, to find that person. Well, I remember a few years ago turning 50 and starting to get mail from AARP. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I, I thought back then, and I, and I still wonder even now, what's the definition of, of old and, and who's providing that definition? Yeah, we want to sort of reclaim the, the idea of old in a, in a positive way. There's, there's certainly a... A, um, an objective definition of old. Um, I'm 64. Richard is 77. We're old. There's no question about that. Um, oh, darn it, I'm 64, and I'm still trying to... <laughs> That's great. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm well, trying... You're, you're, you get to claim the mantle of old, Tom. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm trying to pretend that 60 was the new 40. You know, and it's not so much about <laughs> staying young... It's about reconceptualizing what it means to be old. You know, we think of old in terms of decline and senescence, but rather old is really an opportunity for greater sense of reflection, more patience, more kindness, an opportunity to give more. So we want to reclaim the term old in a positive way. You know, we've we've gotten into this thing in in the age of being politically correct, where we're we're trying to I, I don't know come up with with new words and phrases that won't offend people. 
Um, what are what are the right words for someone who's? I mean, we hear yeah, mature, I think we hear to, elderly. At a certain age, you get to pick your own term. We have all sorts of you know. You hear hear terms like elder or welder or fossil or um, there's plenty of terms for old, but mature. at a certain age, you get you get to choose your own. Um, but but it is, I think it is important that we think about old in a positive way, um, that it's it's something good. It's not something to be rejected. And we try to make the case in, in the book um, that we reclaim the term old. You know, sometimes people say old is the shortest four-letter word. Um, and we want, <laughs> we, we want old to be a good thing because it is an opportunity, a unique opportunity in our lives to be that person we always meant to be. But but how do we how do we do that? How do we you know recalibrate our thinking when we've spent a lifetime you know getting to middle age and feeling like we were, you know, we had this forward mobility, we were reaching for the stars. And, That's right. And yeah. then you get to middle age, and, and then it's sort of like, well, the phrase comes to mind, over the hill, and you start to decline on the other side. Um, how, do, how, do we, how do we stop that, especially, you know, if you're 64 like me, you've probably experienced <laughs> the, that, that same feeling of getting up in the morning and going, oh, wow, what did I do to my back? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, there's, there's certainly the, the physical challenges that we all face. There's um, certainly the societal challenges we face. Um, but later life is an opportunity for internal uh, growth, uh, and that's what we want to concentrate on. And it's really about developing a clearer sense of one's purpose. Why, why do you get up in the morning, even with your sore back? Um, and later life oper- offers a real opportunity to discover one's a clearer sense of one's purpose um, and move in that direction. I remember I was I was in my thirties or forties, Dave, and I was talking to a guy who had just retired, and he said to me, he said, uh, "If I'd have known I was going to be this busy, I never would have retired." Yeah, absolutely. People talk a lot about. Um, what it what a new idea of retirement looks like we want to retire the concept of retirement um, and one of the one of the models that can be useful in thinking about this is a model we find in uh, the traditional uh, traditional Hindu model of life in which there's four stages of life um, and the third stage of life is what's called the vanaprastha stage it's usually translated as forest dweller and the idea is that when you're kids are all grown up and married off, um, you move to the forest to live with the, the monks and really deepen one's sense of spirituality, deepen one's spiritual practice. Um, and we want to think about the, this stage of life, not so much as retirement, but as um, an opportunity to rediscover or reconnect or connect for the first time with one's own, a greater sense of one's own spirituality, whatever that means to you, a sense of the divine and the sacred. And that's a real opportunity in later life that's different from the conception we have of retirement in the West. 
More about purposeful aging with author David Shapiro. Straight Hello, up. darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. A doctor. 
Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More about purposeful aging with author David Shapiro, straight ahead. I, I've come to the conclusion that the reason I walk into another room and then stand there trying to remember why I walked <laughs> into that room is because of, of all the different messages I hear as I approach 65 about keep going and or slowing down. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there, that's that's know, why I can't certain... remember what I went in the room for is I'm confused. <laughs> well, we certainly have a, a lifetime of um, experiences to reflect upon when we're in later life. And, and you're absolutely right. That can I'm sure all of us have had that experience many times of going into the room, forgetting, and then having to go back out so you remember and then returning to the room and forgetting once again. <laughs> uh, but, but that wealth of experiences is, is also an opportunity. We really have an um, um, incredible mother load of experiences to draw upon in later life that we can reflect on and, and learn from and grow from. How important is it to bring other people into that journey? And I, and I was just thinking, my, my parents, for example, mm-hmm. were great storytellers. Yeah. And we would, you know, we would sit, you know, sometimes at the dinner table for an hour, you know, after we'd eaten, you know, hearing these great stories, um, sometimes just, you know, on an afternoon at a park or something. But kids today are are so full-time focused on mobile devices and video games and, you know, all these electronic things all of this screen time stuff is it yeah i think that is a that that certainly is a challenge and um we we want to have those um social frameworks in in which to tell our stories um isolation is fatal in later life so the degree to which we can connect with others is key um but you know in my work doing philosophy with young people I've seen, certainly there is that interest in the screen and, and so forth, but that deep elemental connection to human stories is, is still there. Um, everyone loves a good story, um, and one of, the, one of the opportunities we have in later life is to, is to mine those stories for greater understanding of self and others. So, um, and one of the things that one of the things that's wonderful about later life is perhaps the details don't matter so much. Of course, there's that great Mark Twain quote, never let the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> um, and, and there is that opportunity in later life to find those stories, retell them in a new way that, uh, that connects with others, because that connection piece is really what's key. I, I actually talked to an author once that was uh, commissioned to complete a Mark Twain story. Wow. That's a, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> can you, those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> I, a, a little bit, yeah. It was, and it was a story for kids. It was something he had uh, fooled around with off and on through his life. He just had notes on it. It was mostly... Wow, that's beautiful. 
Yeah, it was just, you know, it was the notes of a story that he would tell. And uh, he, he got to actually, he and his wife, and she was an illustrator, got to put together a book. Like, they got to complete a Mark Twain book. Wow, I would love to see that. It's amazing. <laughs> what, a, what a fun uh, what a fun project. Um, and, and sorry, that was kind of a, a parenthetical <laughs> to our conversation, but you That's brought fine. up Mark Twain. Um, but but that's a great example. Um, Mark Twain is, you know, the great American storyteller. Absolutely, and, and think about the way, you know, the themes in his stories connect us all across the generations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, not just across generations, but but also got us to think about who we were and who other people were and and how we interact. Yes, and challenge us to think about ourselves in new ways, exactly. So, how do we how do we do that when it seems like the world is passing us by, as they used to say? Right, well, I think it's it's a return to a sense of purpose, right? We we want to have that sense of why we get up in the morning. Um, and uh, Richard um, has, has for many years had a kind of, how do I want to say this, a, a sort of starter purpose for us to think about. Um, That's Richard he, Leiter, of course. Richard Leiter, yes, my co-author. <laughs> um, and and he, he says a, a, simple, a simple statement of purpose that can sort of get us going is, Think about each day to grow and to give. How can I grow today in some way, and what can I give to others? Um, and just that model may help one find their own greater sense of purpose. But yeah, ask yourself, you know, every, every day, in what way can I grow and to whom can I give? And then at the end of the day, review that. In what, in what ways did I grow today, or, and to, how did I to give to others today? And I think you know one of the things that happens in as we grow grow old, we we can tend to get sort of overly internalized, um, and the degree to which we're able to give to others makes a huge difference in our sense of self, in our sense of satisfaction, in our sense of meaning and purpose in our lives. And and then is is there? I, I don't I, I don't know how to exactly frame this question but um for lack of a better way is is there a checklist a a a way of um saying you know i need to do this i need to do this you you know to to recalibrate how we think yeah it's about i think it's about curiosity and questions um so not so much a checklist but but rather a, a willingness to to look within um, in the book, uh, we have a series of the, the book is uh, organized around a, a series of questions um, that allow one to interrogate one's own sense of self, one's own sense of meaning, and some of them we've already touched upon. Uh, the question about what does it mean to be old? Am I old? Old who me? Um, but then other questions um, like. If we all end up dying, what's the purpose of living? Questions like that, questions that allow us to really 
look within and share those conversations with others. And, and I think that's the, that's the way to get started on this path of purposeful aging. How does, how does technology fit into all this? That's a really good question. Um, uh, I mean, we've, we've seen because of the pandemic that a lot of people who, you know, for the last couple of decades we've been making fun of because they weren't mm-hmm. technologically very literate. Right. But then they've been forced into a kind of literacy in order to communicate with their children, their grandchildren, even, you know, medical appointments and other things that have been done. Uh, You know, some people maybe who haven't retired yet but are a little older and maybe not real tech savvy have been working from home, going to Zoom meetings. Um, Is is embracing technology a way of... um, Sort of it seems like it. I, I mean, insofar as insofar as it, it helps us connect with others, absolutely. Um, I mean, I joke I because I still have a flip phone, and if I could find <laughs> one, if I could find there one with be, a, there I, must be something of uh, about sixty-four-year-old people who who are that way. Because I also have a flip phone. Well, and, I keep looking at people. I keep looking at people with those phones, and they're swiping and cursing, and, and I'm going, I don't need that. In fact, Yeah, if I, I mean, could... it is funny to think about, you know, at a, people, people of our age have lived most of our lives without them, and it's, it does seem odd that there's a sense that, uh, you, you know, you need one. Although these days, more and more, it's almost, you know, you can't get a menu in a restaurant. You can't uh, pay your bills without one. I, and so I don't think it's... There's a certain amount of embracing technology that um, that that's necessary, um, but I also think a judicious uh, understanding of what you really need and 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 don't need in terms of technology is a is a real opportunity. It just seems like every time I get a text, I feel like, oh boy, here's another opportunity to disappoint a friend. <laughs> right, and to be and to be distracted and to. Um, uh, you know, to to sort of miss the the world around you. I mean, I'm sure everyone has had the experience of being out in nature or being out in some beautiful place, and you look around and people are staring at their phones rather than the horizon or the trees. So, and in some um, cases, not even able to get a signal. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> waving waving it around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> climbing Absolutely. trees. I used to tease a friend of mine who lived someplace where they had to climb a telephone pole to get reception. <laughs> that's, there's something wonderfully ironic about that. I know. To climb a telephone pole. <laughs> I know, right? Um, in the in the book, um, how do you lay out the path of purposeful aging? How do you encourage people to find the purpose that's right for them? Right. Well, like I said, the um, the 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 questions are, are key. Um, we also have a, a little simple model for unlocking your purpose, and and it's it's important to think about purpose isn't something you need to go out there and find. It's something that you um, that you search within to discover, um, to to unlock, and to to unlock one's sense of purpose. Um, there's a, a simple model to. Um, um, first, think about who it is you want to 
connect with, who it is you want to help, who it is you want to serve. Um, and then starting with, with the audience in that way or the, you know, the, those that you want to serve enables you to move into wondering about how. So start with the who and then move to the how. Sometimes people get really bogged down in how am I going to make a difference or how am I going to find a sense of purpose. But starting with the who, um, it, it can, be, can make it much easier. Um, and then the third step is to think about two things. What energizes you? What really excites you? What gets you motivated? But also to keep in mind what sort of things drain you. What, what are the, what are the, um, the responsibilities, the, uh, the, perhaps the people who draw your energy away? And so thinking about those three pieces can help one unlock a sense of purpose. Who do I want to serve? Who do I want to help? How do I want to do it? And which, what, are the, what are the activities and mindsets that uh, energize me and drain me? You know, we're just getting at the point now in, uh, in the U.S. where we're starting to get back to normal after a very strange year and a half with, yeah, with no most kidding. people, especially older people, being quarantined. How has quarantine impacted the aging population in this country? Has it been an opportunity for the, for the, the kind of self-reflection that you describe, or has it isolated them? I think it's, it's a yes and, like, like so many things. Um, certainly, all of us have felt more isolated because we have been, but that also has provided an opportunity for introspection and reflection. So I, I, don't, think it's, um, I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a both and. Have you come across examples of people who were able to make really good use of the of the time and the circumstances? I think so. I mean, we one of the stories in the in the book that um, that is uh, quite powerful is a story of a of a guy. He's about our age, um, named Ed Rapp, who was um, uh, a couple years ago was just about to named the CEO of Caterpillar, um, and right on the cusp of that, uh, he discovered that um, he, was, um, he was diagnosed with ALS, with um, yeah. Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, he immediately retired and has devoted his um, life now to working with people who um, have been diagnosed with ALS. Um, and he's done that within the context of the of the pandemic, so he's done that using the available technology that you talk that you talk about Zoom and other things like that. Um, but completely re reconfigured his life around a sense of, of purpose in helping others who are in similar situations to him. Um, so, it you know, it, within this context of the isolation of the pandemic, here's a really lovely example of someone who has reached out more broadly than ever before. Are there other examples uh, of people and how they are handling aging in the book? 
Um, well, there's a lovely story. Um, 95-year-old um, woman named Deborah Zeckley who uh, um, uh, has a, um, a resort in Costa Rica, um, and their motto is always better. So um, they have all sorts of um, um, programs for personal growth there, and um, at 95, she's as vital and um, alive as ever, and it's really, and for her, it's all about connecting with others and trying to find ways to make things always better. That, I, lo- I love that, always better. And and at age 95. Yeah, no kidding, right? That, yeah, see, we, we, you and I are actually young old people. <laughs> we're, we're just getting started, we can right, say. Right, exactly. Um. Well, it's it's an interesting idea. This this idea of of um, changing our thinking from decline into more of another yes, kind another of phase evolution. of life, another another opportunity uh, for for growth. And and we don't associate growth with growing old. Yeah, we have this. You know, we have this sort of. Uh, conception that that the first half of life is ascent and the second half of life is descent, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's a different sort of ascent in in later life. It's an internal ascent. <laughs> I had somebody tell me once when I was working in public radio that people who worked in public radio were either on their way up or on their way down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be one of those two, right? <laughs> Anyway, um, David, this is a, a, a fascinating book in, in an interesting way of thinking, especially in this country in this day and age when a lot of people are aging. Absolutely. I, I hope that we, we provide a, a, a shift in mindset about what it means to be old and um, how one can live with meaning and purpose throughout their entire life. Well, what's next? Is there a part three to this uh, collaboration between? Uh, I hope so. Richard and, and I, Richard and I, have worked together on six books now, starting in with Repacking Your Bags in 1994, and it's been a long conversation for us. In fact, this book is framed around a long conversation. So, we're keeping the conversation going. Um, who knows where it will lead us next? One of the um, the last chapter in the book uh, has us moving into thinking more reflectively about death and dying, um, and so perhaps that's where we'll go next. Um, David, we're getting close to the end, and I, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book is a great place to start. It it publishes uh, in July of 2021. Yes, actually, uh, July 13th is the is the publication date. Is when it's available. And and so the book is a great place to start. But um, is there? Well, Richard Leiter has a has a website that's excellent. A, a, an excellent um, uh, resource for ideas and um, connections. So it's richardleiter.com. And his name is spelled 
Richard, and then his last name, L-E-I-D-E-R. So it's richardleiter.com, and that's a, um, a, a good place for connecting with the book, with us, with ideas associated with the book. And, and uh, David, is there information about you available online as well? Yes, I'm, and uh, we're using that as our shared website for, for this, so that's a, a good place to find out about me as well. <laughs> well, Dave, it's been great talking with you, and I appreciate you spending this time with me this morning. Uh, likewise, it's really been a pleasure talking with you. I, you're, you're really a model of what we're talking about in the book. <laughs> well, maybe not a good model, but I'll accept model. Um, David, thanks so much, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Tom. All right, take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Again, that was uh, David Shapiro. He and uh, Richard Leiter have teamed up to write a book called Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Old? The Path of Purposeful Aging. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. This Christmas, baby, please come home.
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The Unknown Comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Today. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Santa baby, put a package under the tree for me I've been an awful good girl, Santa baby Hurry down my chimney tonight Santa baby, I want a little shopping mall, that's all And I'll wait up for you dear, Santa baby Hurry down my chimney tonight Think of all the fun I've missed Think of all those fellas that I could have kissed Next year I could be so nice If you could just forget about that price But be doo Santa honey I want a yacht and really that's not a lot I've been an angel all year Santa baby Hurry down my chimney tonight Santa cutie, there's one thing I really do need, indeed A year's supply of pantyhose Santa cutie, hurry down my chimney tonight Santa baby, fill my stocking with a duplex and checks On second thought I'd rather have cash Santa baby, hurry down my chimney tonight And trim my Christmas tree Bronner's decorations picked just for me Santa, won't you show me your love is true mm. Boop, boop, doo Santa, baby, forgot to mention one little thing or two You see, I want a Mickey D's franchise like the Deanna's have, and I want one of those souped-up, turbocharged, fuel-injected bowling balls that makes a strike every time. I'll show Higgy, Taz, and Tack that a girl can bowl, too. And I want almost everything in the Coldwater Creek catalog. Flippo needs a lot of bird toys. Betty Reagan wants a four on the floor with a fifth under the seat. Ronnie needs a housekeeper. Dane wants a hunting lodge. Jason has a computer on his list. And Santa, my mom says all she wants is for everybody to get along for Christmas for a change. Oh, yeah, and that pretty German sweater in the window at the woolen mill to keep me warm while I'm waiting for you. Oh, gosh, I guess the song is over. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. 
Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown.
it up for this uh, Christmas in July edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to these fascinating guests we had on the show, starting with this last hour with uh, David Shapiro, who is the co-author of Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Old? And before that, a fascinating hour with um, former Buddhafield follower um, Radia Gleese, who... Um, spent 25 years of her adult, her adult life in the, the Buddha field cult. And um, her book is called The Followers, uh, Holy Hell and the Disciples of Narcissistic Leaders, How My Years in a Notorious Cult Parallel Today's Cultural Mania. Fascinating book. And the documentary film that's out there is called Holy Hell. Um, and we started out this morning with uh, talking about why we want what we want with entrepreneur and philosopher Luke Burgess talking about his book, Wanting. And we also had a chance uh, to squeeze in some Christmas music. And our Christmas music, of course, is better than everybody else's because it's local. And we even squeezed in a couple of uh, new things that we haven't played before. I'm not sure if anybody has played them on the air before from Todd Gilbert and um, his, uh, he did a Christmas album during the pandemic and it's called Christmas for Everyone and we heard two or three songs from that also the Bickersons uh, celebrated Christmas as well so I hope you enjoyed uh, having a little fun with Christmas in July if retail outlets can celebrate Christmas in July so can we and we've got some great Christmas music to do it with thanks to all of the artists who uh, participated Ruthie Van Gilder and CJ and uh, and who else do we have? The Fab Sound Sisters and Flint Arrowhead Barbershop Chorus um, and Stephanie. Anyway, that's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room and open my presents. Well, or at least have lunch. The Good night, Tom everybody. The program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.